0: to Project Vox Populi where the people speak their truth.
1: Many people think you're crazy because you question everything. The crazy ones are the ones who question nothing. If you have to be persuaded and reminded and pressured and lied to and incentivized and coerced and bullied, and socially shamed, and guilt-tripped, and threatened, and punished, and criminalized. You can be absolutely certain that what is being promoted is not in your best interest. Those are the words from Ian Watson. Does it provide immunity? Yes, only for the manufacturer. Tonight we bring you a medical doctor who has been working on the front lines and was also at what some may consider paranormal experiences. This is another Veritas Vox Populi, where the people speak their truth.
0: You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at VeritasRadio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting... Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy, MMS, CBD pure hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it, and click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick.
1: Dr. Jeremy went to college, where he got a bachelor's degree of science in biochemistry, studied philosophy and Spanish, went to medical school, and after he earned his medical degree, he completed a residency in internal medicine. Jeremy comes to Vox Populi. To discuss nutrition, preventive health, toxins, his covid apocalypse, his paranormal experiences, and more. For the protection of our guest, his family, and his employment, we've made the decision to keep him anonymous. I will simply call him Dr. Jeremy. From somewhere in the desert, I'd like to welcome Dr. Jeremy. How are you?
2: Hi, Mel. It's really great to be here and talk to you.
1: My pleasure. May I call you Jeremy? Yes, sir. Jeremy, you and I have been in touch for over a decade. I think you were in, in, in pre-med. Were you in pre-med the first time we chatted?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I was – or or I think I was already in medical school actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, um, I, I had been to a particular conference and my friend told me about you. Uh, and then I realized that you were at the conference and I had missed you, and I, and I was like, I just palmed.
1: Which conference was that, one of the UFO Congress?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I, that uh, was some time.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't attend, I don't get invited anymore, because I. it seems that you have to belong to a certain polit- political leaning to uh, be accepted, and this is something I didn't know before, but now I do. But that's uh, a different story. Jeremy, let's begin with your story. Let's begin. You've had some paranormal experiences. Some people might think, you know, why are you having a doctor discuss all of this? But people from all walks of life write to me, attorneys, doctors, engineers, with their stories. And most of the time, they just don't want to come out and and talk about it. But obviously, we're keeping your name secret because of the medical aspect we'll be discussing later. But let's begin with your story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'll preface with I think there's a common thread. I think I think we're we're human beings. There's a mind, body and spirit. Um, but, but anyway, so uh, just stuff about me. Uh, I guess I first became aware that there was some familial, I guess I should say, psychic ability that my family had. And um, it was when a first degree relative uh, remote viewed one of our cats in a very particular situation one morning um, I would later learn that it was remote viewing. I mean, at the time I just said, well, how did, how did they know the cat was there? Right. Um, uh, then when I was in, in, in grade school, I remember waking up one morning. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it was the morning cause I didn't really have a clock in there at the time, but it was the middle of the night. And you know, you know how, when you think your, your parents are standing at your door and they're just kind of looking in on you and they're just being quiet. Yeah. Um, well I thought I saw my mom in the room except instead of standing at the door, she was like a few feet away from my bed, which, and I woke up and I thought that was weird. And, and, and as I opened my eyes, um, I could see that there was a silhouette there because there was a nightlight right behind my mom, or at least what I thought was my mom. And I was like, mom. And I reached out and the neck, the silhouette of the neck expanded. And it was like a hooded cloaked figure. And, and as I waved my hand towards it, it's like my hand sort of just erased it. And and at that point, I was like, you know, I think I, I was a fourth or fifth grader. I can't remember. But I mean, like I got out of bed and I was like, I don't think I'm dreaming. And I went to my bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and I kind of slapped my face. And I'm like, okay, that just happened. But I didn't feel scared. Never happened again. Okay, moving on. Middle um, Middle school not much to say about middle, uh, middle school. I, I, I think that's the time when I really decided to be a doctor. That's, that's when I decided I was going to pursue that. Cause I had family members that were also pursuing that and it sounded interesting. And, uh, and high school, again, not, not a whole lot with paranormal. I mean, there was, there was one deja vu experience. that was very strong, but I would just, I would say I had a typical high school. I mean, really my upbringing was really I would say privileged. I mean, I I got to ride bikes to my friend's house, I played Super Nintendo, I made mud forts and climbed trees. So I mean, I don't have much to complain about. So I guess it really got weird when I went to college. Um I was I, I remember I was studying for 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 a for a test one night and I was I was hundreds of miles away from my parents and we had this cat and my cat of course stayed back with my parents and so I so so, so I went to bed I'd studied for my test um, then I had this dream that I was back in my parents' house. I had the powers of the flash. I'm sure you know who the flash is, you know? So basically in my dream, I was burning through people's yards, like the flash. I mean, I would just think, and I would just, I mean, it was like a laser beam, just burning through these yards and it, it was dark. And I look in a particular spot of my neighbor's property right next door to my parents' house. And there's this lit up area, I go and stop there for some reason. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop and I'm going to sit down here. And I, uh, I look around in the darkness. It's like kind of a swirling pastel drawing, you know, kind of like how Sesame street was those, those pastel animations that were moving. That's, that's the closest way I can describe it. And I saw this little animal walking up, comes into the light and it's my cat. You know, it's my eight year old cat at the time comes and sits in my lap and he meows and I get the sense that he's okay, and and I wake up. I, I take my test. I did pretty well on my test, actually, and that night, my dad calls me. He says, Joe, I got some bad news. Um, Albert, our cat, he was, found, he was found dead by by our neighbors, but this is the kicker. They found his remains. He had been ripped apart by coyotes, but he, he went down fighting. His claws were out still. Half of his body was there, but he was in the ind- exact spot that I was sitting in, in my dream. Um, and at that point, uh, I mean, I was overcome with grief, but at the time I I had been writing in my journal, you know, and, and I would wake up in the morning and I would record my dreams. So, so I was able to compare this like right away because, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're, and you're half asleep and you're writing down what you just experienced. And then you go back to sleep and you wake up and you forgot, right? That's why people forget their dreams. It's because they don't, take a moment to remember it or at least write it down. But so later I I looked and I'm like, Whoa. So I think, I think that was that, that experience was really what triggered me to look into the paranormal, look into the spiritual. Um, I've been raised Christian and I, I mean, I I, kind of had a sense of God or the great spirit or whatever, but, but this really made me really delve into it. So, I mean, I, I started doing some research. Uh, I don't know why I went to aliens. Um, one of my theories was that aliens facilitated this, or it was angels that facilitated this, or it was innate psychic ability of cats, or was, or it was innate psychic ability of me with my cat. So I didn't know. So I started researching this, and somehow I found Dr. Greer. Um, I, I learned about Dr. Greer, and this is this is when I became introduced to his work when I started just reading about it and. Um, later that year I had this dream. It's a very specific dream. It was a mandala. I was standing in front of a big mandala. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because the feeling, the feeling it gave me, I can still remember. Um, I was standing in front of this huge white, bright white light. And it was, I mean, it was like this disc and there were these processes that I was looking into. And it, it was like, I could, perceive everything about the universe at once and the feeling was this great joy this great gratitude and i woke up and i was just so happy but there were just no words because i couldn't i mean i couldn't explain i couldn't describe the the dream that i had because it was like there were just i guess there's no words for it so so i mean i thought that was thought that was interesting um uh College in general, I would say. Aside from that, uh, until I ran into some people who taught Native American ceremonies, I I didn't have a whole lot of other experiences. Um, we could talk about the Native American stuff in in a lot of detail, which I'm not sure we have time for. But I would, I'll just suffice it to say this: the the, the ceremonies I went through really helped to clarify the importances, importances, the important differences between. Children and adults, um, what defines an adult uh over a child and the important differences between men and women and why they need each other. Uh and these are things that were never really spelled out uh in any of my schooling at that point. And I was the training really blew me away, like, wow, how come how come I'm just now learning this? And I'm in my, you know, twenties. Um so you know. Going back to uh, some of the, your interviews that you did, I think it was season one or two or three. You talked about, uh, I think there was Whitley Strieber that, and, and and several other people. There was the psychologist who talked about the multiple contactees who had experiences in their house. Well, one summer, uh, I think I, I don't I don't know what what year in college it was, but one summer I was back at my parents' house. I was I was working my job in my hometown, and. And I had a dream that I was on my parents' driveway, and I looked up in the sky and I saw these like red lights moving in sequence in a circle, almost like' they're, they're attached to a disc. And there was there was a sense of like, we're here and hi." And I, I'm like, okay, then that same summer, I got woken up at three in the morning, uh, which doesn't usually happen. I mean, I don't you know, like I wasn't I wasn't drinking coffee at the time, I wasn't drinking any alcohol, I was just working. I was pretty healthy. I woke up at 3 a.m. This never happens. The house is dead silent. Um, and the air felt heavy. Then I felt like there was somebody in the hallway outside my door. Even though I couldn't see or hear anything, I just felt like there was this thing, you know. And then I felt it move closer. It just I just felt like almost like there was a cloud outside my door. And... I felt scared like my heart rate started to go up and I was like why am I scared this is this is weird like you know and and then right at the moment I, I instinctively look at my door there was just this soft doom, doom, almost like you're, you're taking the pad of your fist you know and you're just hammering on the door but you're hammering on it very very quietly you know, and, 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 and there's wood floors in there. So if it were my parents doing this, I would have heard them walking up because my parents cannot be sneaky. So at that moment, I mean, the fear, the anxiety I had, which I've, I mean, I, I've never felt that scared before. Like I, my heart rate went up. I felt like, you know, like that flushing that goes up your neck started freaking out. And then instantly I fell asleep. And then I woke up the next day and I remembered that experience, but, um, I didn't have any marks on me or anything, but never happened again. But I fell asleep so fast, almost as if I was injected with Versed, you know, midazolam, you know, that's like one of the inducing meds for, for procedures, right? That's, that's what I would liken it to right now. That's, that's how fast I was like, just boom, just, I w- I just fell asleep, like, despite being terrified. Uh, so You know whether that was one of the government programs that everybody talks about on that's come onto your show. I don't. I don't know. But that was that was my experience. Um, uh, what's next here? Oh yeah. So the next thing that happened that was kind of weird, I I had a dream of a woman before I would meet her, Um, and the way this happened was I was going on interviews for for medical school and. This is back when Facebook was Facebook, right? This is when you could search anybody and it was only students and it was cool. And, uh, so I had this dream that I was in this room with this woman and she said a very particular name, like, and I guess I shouldn't say the name, uh, and, and I walked into the room, she was sitting on a chair wearing this black and teal dress. And the first thing she says to me is like, I've been looking for you. I want you to marry me. And I said, well, what's your name? And then she muttered something, and then I said, "Is this your name?" And she said, "No, no, it's this." Now I mistook her name for another name. That's important. Um, so, can you still hear me, Mel?
1: Yeah, if you could just focus on the microphone. When you look away, the sound kind of gets Ooh. lower, and just don't touch okay. the microphone too much. Yep.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, so, so after this dream, I, you know, I, of course, I wrote it down, and I, I. I went to Facebook and I just decided, okay, I'm, I'm just going to search this unique name. And the second or third one down, it was, it was, it was her face. And I was like, no way I have to, I have to write her a message. So I just, I wrote her a message and I, of course I didn't mention the marriage thing, but I, but, but I said, Hey, I had this dream. We had a conversation. You were wearing this black and teal dress. Yeah, it was weird. Anyway, have a great day. She wanted to get coffee. We met up and it turns out she had just bought the black and teal dress the the week before and she never wore it out. She was actually wearing it for the first time looking at herself in the mirror the night that I had that dream. And then she ended up changing and not wearing it out is what she told me. And later I would find out that people always mistook her name for the name that I mistook it for in the dream. I mean, that's that's just. That's, that's just impossible. There's, there's, there's no way that's coincidence. Um, I think you,
1: I think you wrote to me during that time bef- when you had the dream. So it's not like you're I making this I, up. I think you wrote to me and then things progressed and the marriage uh, came along and it continues to, evol- to evolve, right?
2: Well, no, actually, um, now there's a twist there. there I, I never married this woman. We only oh, out okay. for about three months. Um, because, I'll just say she had PTSD. I don't want to give away all these particular details, but, um, she definitely had PTSD. I'll, I will say that she had good reasons to have it. Um, and she was a veteran. So, um, after I thought about this and after I started having my medical training, I developed a theory that, well, does trauma drive the awakening of our inherent paranormal abilities? as human beings, uh, cause you know, you look at all of these ceremonies that people have, like in Africa, they have, I don't, I don't, I don't know what tribe it is, but you know, they, they tie up the rope that's too long and they just jump off and they plummet into a pile of dirt. Yeah. Um, that's traumatic, but, uh, I just, I just wonder if trauma has something to do with opening up, uh, those abilities. Uh, but anyway, um, I guess, I guess, you know, there were some other things, but I guess I'll move on to uh, grad school, medical school. There were uh, several remote viewing incidences in medical school. For some reason in medical school, the incidence started to increase. And and I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I was stressed out and I wasn't eating. Uh, And so, you know, in, in a lot of cultures, when you don't eat, when you're purifying of ego and, and all that, then you, then you access the spiritual a lot easier. But, um, one remote viewing incidents I had after, and th- and this was after I started reading about the remote viewing pr- program after Greer started talking about it, I, I found Ingo Swan and I started reading about the protocols and yada, yada, yada. But I remember I was sitting in lecture one day and I was sort of up on the far side away from the entrance. And then there was this, there was this uh, girl that came and sat down She was late for class and she came and sat down and I saw that she had a black eye. And I looked at her and, and, you know, like probably like most guys, I looked at it and I was like, wow, I want to find out who did that to her, you know. And but instead of, you know, getting worked up, I just took a deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. I closed my eyes and I just thought about her and then pop a dog. I just saw. Thank you for listening.